I felt faith in the room. I felt faith for the future. And uh, we have an important part of your future here for the, well, not the very first time. Half of them have been here before, one of them. But, uh, <laughs> but for the very first time as a team, amen, and for the very first time for the people that are going to be new pastors, your new pastors of the rivers. So I want to just take a minute to introduce, and, and I'll tell you a little about a bit about um, what's ahead. Let me do that first, because once I introduce, I'm probably getting so excited, I'm just going to give you the microphone and, and let you go. Um, so this Sunday is Pastor Doug's uh, kind of kind of introduction, um, chance to, to share his heart and, and share the word, and then, and then uh, Doug and Jen, you'll be able to get to have a little one-on-one or five-on-one or ten-on-one or something in the next room there afterwards. Um, and then next Sunday, Pastor Jack and Pamela will be back to close out their interim. And are you grateful for their ministry to our church? Yes, come on. We can do that even though they're not here. Uh, very grateful. Uh, somebody asked me earlier, well, will Jack Witt be an interim? I'm like, no, he's way too busy. And then he goes, well, could I help? And I'm like, okay. So God just opened that up. And then the next Sunday will be when we install Pastor Doug and Jen as pastors here. That's October 1st, okay? Well, we can clap for that. Woo! I'm clapping for that. So um, now there's something also that's really cool about that. Uh, I've been what they used to call the divisional superintendent, now an area pastor, which is, I can spell it now, it's good. Um, I've been that for, I really do, I can't remember how long, I think about 15 years. Never in those 15 years with pastors changing, so new people being installed over, uh, well in those days it was eight, now it's 14 churches in our area, have I ever had this happen, but our district supervisor is going to come and minister the word and install them as pastors right here in the rivers. And so uh, you're going to love Pastor Bill Cheney. I almost said Dick Cheney, former vice president. <laughs> I hope I don't do that when I introduce him in two weeks. But if I do, everybody just start chanting, Bill, Bill, Bill. <clears throat> um, he's a great guy, and, and he is behind you two. Uh, and we just had our district conference in Bakersfield, beautiful Bakersfield, and, uh, <laughs> and they did a wonderful job hosting us. But um, what I got to see that fired me up was I saw lots of our other pastors from, from our area, but also from the Sacramento area coming around and really, really encouraging Pastor Doug. But also they're just they were, you know, they're saying things that like young people say. Like, I'll say, you're going to do a good job, dog. But they go, you're going to kill it. <laughs> I don't know what that means, but it's, it's figurative speech, isn't it? <laughs> so, um, but you know, that kind of support, and, and you can see it here. Uh, how many people here are supporting today? Let me see your hands. If you came from somewhere, look at that. Look at that. Come on. Thank you. So either you people are all completely delirious or he's he's amazing and worth they are amazing and worth supporting. <laughs> I like that. So there's only one other request I have for you. Just keep coming. OK, that's right. <laughs> it's not a long commute from Idaho or wherever you came from. So uh, I've known I'm not sure how long I'm thinking 12, 13 years that we've known each other. Dude, we've known each We've known each other for 2,000 years. Kelly would approve of that. <laughs> uh, we were on the Mount of Transfiguration. You can see the glory is still shining on Doug. <laughs> He's bigger than me, so I have to make sure I pacify him after every joke. It's... <laughs> Um, so since 2000, wow, the year 2000, and um, all I can tell you, I mean, I can tell you a lot of things. He's He's been a senior pastor. He's been manager in a Fortune 500 company, all those wonderful resume things, and they're true and they're important. He's been on staff now at a, a much larger church in the Sacramento area, Life Center. Yeah, the church has changed their names, so um, most recently, and Step down from that to take this role, this appointment by our district supervisor and the, the board of Foursquare. Um, but all through those years, I've watched Doug navigate uh, some things in his life and do it with, with tremendous character. 
Tremendous character. Anybody who knows him, you, you're allowed to say amen. Yeah. It's not a small deal. And I've, I've watched a lot of people go through those kind of things. And it's really where character is revealed. Right? The tough, isn't that true? In your life, the toughest times reveal your character, who you really are. Uh, at least who you are during tough times. And uh, his character has shine. And God has honored that. And uh, now there's this amazing couple. And I'm just getting to know Jen. But she just, just she just... She just seems like she's looking at me like, what in the world is he going to say? <laughs> and the answer is, I have no idea yet. <laughs> I mean, you just seem kind and, and real. Don't you love real? Yes, yes. And, and she's a teacher, by the way. Uh, amen. We're here for teachers. Uh, and so we are just so, so glad that God has done this. Um, not the way we would have expected, Rivers, right? This, is, this has been a, a difficult uh, couple of months here. I want to honor you guys as a church for hanging in there. And if you know anybody who's just hanging and not hanging in there, go to them and say, come on back. It's going to be okay. You still have a church home. God's doing something new. And I just, I, I can't tell you how excited I am. And it's not just me. Uh, the people that know Doug, the people that have been like Pastor Jack, Pastor Bill Cheney, there's just something in our hearts that we are charged about this. So would you guys at least initially both come up so we can give a big cheer for Doug and Jan Dossey. Thank you, everybody. We're so excited to be here, and we're excited to see God move in amazing ways yeah. here. Oh. Yep. And I'll sit down while she preaches. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she could. Wait, wait, wait. You're not done yet. Um, so you guys are getting a great version of me because of this girl right here. So pray for her and thank God for her because because of her and God working in her. Um, I have one of the best marriages on the planet. And uh, so, amen. All right, I brought these up. I am kind of a baby, 6'5 baby. You guys ready to get in the word? Get your Bibles out or your phones. <coughs> so, where's Suzanne? Oh, there she is. The Holy Spirit just confirmed we were praying before, but I just, the Holy Spirit's telling me to say this publicly to you. God is for you, and He's going to come through for you. And there is no doubt in his mind, because he already sees it complete. And he wants you to come into full agreement with him in seeing it completed in your mind. And in faith, faith is now the substance of things hoped for. Now. Believe it now. And God's going to join with that. The answer's on the way, because we agreed in the word, and it's coming. So don't you forget it, and you don't, don't bow down in fear, and don't get afraid, because he's with you. Amen. So I hope that you guys don't think that this is the main part of service. Preaching is not the main part of service. What we just did, worshiping God, that's service. This church, Rivers, has been about and will continue to be about all the more about coming to this building and lifting up his name. We are here to worship God. We are not here to hear a speaker. We're not here to hear a tremendous band. We're not here to do anything but get in his presence and love on him. Amen. So let's just get that clear from the beginning. Church is about getting together and worshiping God, getting in his presence, loving on him. And then as a natural result, all this other good stuff will happen. You'll get encouragement, a hug from somebody. 
you'll get a word. Someone will come and speak to you, life over you. Amen? I do want to say thanks to uh, all my family and friends, and it's just so cool. It's cool. It's weird for me because I've been, you know, the last time I uh, was a lead pastor was 2005, and, you know, I have Todd and Carrie. I mean, Todd was on my council at the church in Paradise years ago, but more than that, he was my uh, mentor, my, uh, what do you call it? We were accountability partner. I mean, we met together, prayed together, and I mean, whole back row there from from Life Center visiting. It's just so cool to see people, and I don't know, just family, Karen and Galen, and of course my mom. She's always been there. We, uh, in 1986, well, you'd already been baptized in the Holy Ghost. In 1986, we went to a new church. We were, we, I grew up in a non-Pentecostal church. Great church, love God, um, did not have that, that baptism of the Spirit. And uh, all three of us got baptized in the Holy Ghost. Well, you guys remember, I think you were there too. <laughs> yeah, Galen remembers, yeah, he's the one that uh, coached me through, you know, what, 45 days, maybe, maybe 60 days on speaking in tongues because I didn't get it. Do you remember that? I was at your house all the time. Hey, what does this mean? And we're going through 1 Corinthians, studying the word together. And Doug, your mind is unfruitful when you're speaking in tongues. It's not your mind. Oh, what? I couldn't get it. I'm pretty Pentecostal. Do you believe me? I don't know you. What's your name? Yeah. Shannon? I just, the, the Holy Spirit's just telling me that he's got good things in store for you. And the pain, the pain that you're going through right now, the, the change in the hurts is he's going to make you better and stronger through it because of what he has in store for you in the future. So just know as you go through these trials, he's with you. And even though it stinks sometimes, and I know there's been some things that really just, you know, sorry, it, it sucks, you know, it sucks, but God's doing that for your benefit because of things he's going to do for you. His plans for you. Not just good plans, but woven together. He's woven it together specifically for you. So he sees the, the future. So don't be afraid and be strong because this is going to make you stronger and you're going to do great things for him. Amen. So the Lord wants to do that in us. And church is about coming together and receiving the encouragement to grow and be strong. Amen. Aren't you glad that I don't even, Holy Spirit just boom. Hey, and is are you encouraged? I don't even know if what I said rings a bell, but I think it does because Holy Ghost knows what's going on, right? And he knows what's going on. And when we all do that together, when we all get going on with the Holy Spirit, then the world sees that and they're going to come to church and get saved and it's going to be awesome. All right. Oh, yeah. Whoa. Oh, man. Technology has changed. Thank you, sir. That's kind of high. Wow. And it doesn't go doo as I preach. <laughs> I did also have actually something for you. The Holy Spirit spoke to my mind, which is Caleb. Do you remember you know who Caleb is? Do you know the story? Okay. Okay, so Caleb, remember Caleb was one of the guys that um, believed. One of the guys that believed that they could go into the promised land and take it, Remember? And so he was the one that didn't die off in the wilderness, but he was the one that, that stayed with it in faith and made it all the way through and then went in and conquered the land. And, and don't take this wrong, but he was an old, older guy. But the Lord... <laughs> I'm already dissing on people. This is bad. But the, the, no, the Holy Spirit says to you that your days are not over of ministering. So don't feel like you're coming to your end or you're, you've spent your good years because he says, he told me that your good years are still coming. So don't you dare think that, oh, I've got to kind of retire from this and settle down. No, you be like Caleb. Look at me. Be like Caleb and go fight for it because there's a future for you. Okay. I guess I'll start preaching now. You know, as you get to know the Lord, he will give you freedom. And I, I was asking him during worship, oh God, what do you, you know, what do you, you know, want to do anything? Is there anything special? And the Lord sometimes will say this to me, and I love it when he does it. He'll say, 
just go have some fun. Just, just listen to me and just speak what I'm saying and just have fun. Because I don't know about you, but it's fun for the Holy Ghost to point out something in your life and tweak you a little way and, and change you and, and, and help you reach your fullness. You know what I mean? Because those of you that are from the, rip, are the rivers and, and are going to be here with me, you're going to, you'll learn to like me. <laughs> I, I, right? I mean, people that know me, I'm not the greatest first impression guy. I, I really try. I'm just not that good, but you'll learn to, to, cause I, I, God has called me and it's not, it's biblical, but I'm going to use a different word. God has called me to be a coach. I'm a spiritual coach. Okay. You can call it pastor, but whatever. But he has called me to coach. And sometimes anyone have a coach? A lot of us play sports, have a coach. Yeah. You can raise your hand, interact in time. Okay. So sometimes your coach, you don't like your coach. Sometimes he makes you do stuff or challenge you in ways that you get mad and sometimes want to quit the team, right? But if you stick with it, my goal is, as a coach here is to help you succeed in your life and in ministry and what God's called you to do. Amen? So that's, that's who God's called me to be. So what time is it? I, I'm, I could go on forever and I don't want to, what is it? 10 to 11? Gary wanted me to preach a couple hours, so I'm going to try. <laughs> He's like, you better not. All right, I'm getting off track. I know, right? <laughs> They're like, that was Rob, Pastor Rob. He did that all the time. <laughs> so, hey, here it is. So I asked God, I said, God, you know, I had something on my heart that I wanted to say and preach on. And I always bring it before the Lord. And I said, Lord, what, what do you want to say is, and I'm a simple guy. Like, I like them easy. Like, this is one thing I want you to do. Don't tell me 22 things. Don't give me 15 ways how to live a successful Christian life. Because I'm going to forget, you know, 14 of them. And the Lord told me, what do you want me to say? And I said, are you sure? First Sunday, are you sure? I mean, this is where I'm supposed to, you know, I'm looking at people I don't even know. And I'm thinking, man, I, I want them to like me, God. You know? I, I you know, this is kind of a critical thing. You only get one time to make a first impression. Right? So I said, okay, God, you know, if, if that's what you want. <laughs> and God said, and a lot of you aren't from this church, but he's calling the rivers. And whoever happens to be here today, you get in on this too. Whether you stay or not, that doesn't matter. God said, I want you to call my people, and he said my people as in people here today, back to the garden. God wants, there's, God's calling you to intimacy with him. And there's been some in this room that have floundered away from that secret place, that consistent love affair with God. You're still a good person. You're doing good things. You're here at church. You might even paid your tithe. But you're still, God cares, doesn't really care about all this peripheral stuff, this surface stuff out here. He cares about the secret place. And I'm telling you today, God said this to you. I want everyone to take this personally. God says this to you. I miss you. I miss you. I miss you. I want more with you. I want more time with you. God misses you. He wants more. There's more. God wants you in the secret place. He's in love with you. He wants more of you. And I'm telling you, church, God is a jealous God. He is jealous of all the other things in your life. And I might step on toes, but he's jealous of some of your idols that you don't recognize as idols. 
He's a little jealous of the things you're giving your attention to. The scripture that comes to mind is Matthew 6, 33. Seek ye first the kingdom. And that's not just his big old kingdom. It really is seek ye first him. Seek ye first that relationship. Seek ye first the love affair. Seek ye first that. And then all these other things that you're doing will make a whole lot more sense. And they'll all fall into the right perspective. But you got to get in the secret place. He misses you. He misses intimacy with you. He misses that time when you're just by yourself. You know where Jesus said, go into the closet, shut the door, and get by yourself. Remember, he's teaching, he was teaching people how to pray. Don't pray like them and get on top of stuff and wear fancy. No. Go in your closet, shut the door, and I'll reward you. Because that's where it's, he wants one-on-one time with you. Guys, and I'm telling you, that's the, the key message today. I want you to, if you're taking notes, and you should be, it really makes pe- preachers feel better when you're taking notes. No, I'm getting it. But it'll also help you remember stuff. Because um, I want you, when, when we're doing life together as a church, I want you to make sure that when, we're, when I'm teaching, this is stuff, I hope this doesn't, I don't care. You need to remember this stuff. I'm not just up here flapping my gums so it'll be cute and fun. I am speaking life over you, and I'm giving you the life of God through his word, and it will change you and make you into the, the person he's destined you to be. So get it in your hearts, guys. Really take that. And I'm, and it's not, I'm not saying I'm a great speaker at all. I'm just saying I'm speaking what God says. Someone's asked me, what do you think about this? I don't know. What does God's word say? Then I agree with it. If it's in God's word, I'll agree with it. I'm not going to agree with you because it sounds good. I'm going to agree with you because you're in alignment with God. Amos 3.3 3 says, how, how can two walk together unless they be agreed? You can't walk with God unless you're in agreement with them. And you've got to do that through his word. So let's keep it simple. And I want you to write these, this down, our vision. This is the vision God gave me, to know him and to make him known. Is that easy? To know him and to make him known. I mean, I don't know how much simpler it can get. The Rivers Church, our family, if you choose to make this your family, which everyone has a free will, hey, can we pray over, okay, sorry, Holy Spirit just reminded me. Can we pray over the people that are not here that have left the last few um, you know, months or whatever? And we're gonna pray this way because this is how God uh, showed me. We're going to pray for them, and I want you to agree with me. And if, if you want to, if you don't want to, you don't have to agree. But if you want to, agree with me that God will draw back those that he's calling here, and he'll let He'll release those that are not called here. Are you with me? If, if God hasn't called you here, there's great churches around the area and all over. So go get where God's calling you. Amen? I love, I would, I'm sure I'll love you guys and, and learn things about you and become friends. But if you're not called here, don't feel bad. I want you, I don't want you here if God's not calling you here. I love you and my flesh would go, no, just come anyway. Because, you know, you could say there's more people at church. That doesn't make sense. So can we pray and agree and see when we speak words out, we release power when we come into agreement with God's word. So let's, let's agree. Does that sound good to you guys? You want to do that? The Rivers Church, does that sound good? Then we could just lay this whole thing. This is a new day. There's, there, there's new future. We can let the past go, and we could just move in. We can forgive. Ouch. We can just forgive the past, because I'm sure there's all, every church has it. People getting their feelings hurt. People leaving, going, coming. But let's just lose that, okay? Would you bow? Let's pray. <laughs> Heavenly Father, Lord, we as a body of believers that happen to be in Yuba City right now, come into agreement, God, And we right now speak over the people of the Rivers congregation that have left the church and are not here, God. We pray, Father, that those that you are calling back, 
Lord, that you would right now by your spirit touch their hearts and minds. God, that you would speak to them and convict their hearts, Lord, to be back. And Lord, those that you want to release and loose to another place, God, because of your will, Lord, we just pray a releasing over them and a loosing of them in the name of Jesus, God. We speak forgiveness over them, God. We don't hold any offense, God. We release all offense, Lord, in the name of Jesus, God. And we speak peace and grace over them, God, that they would find a body to connect into and be all that they can be in the name of Jesus. But Lord, those who are called here, God, oh God, would you give them fresh vision? Would you speak to their hearts? Would you encourage them by your spirit? Fall on them now. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Loose your angels angels, God, according to Hebrews chapter 1, God, that you would send the ministering angels right now just to minister to their hearts and speak to them, God, and draw them back in the name of Jesus. Amen? Don't you feel free now? Like, we, I don't even have to think about that anymore. It's all God's. Are you with me? All right. Some of you, notify your faces that you're with me. Okay, good. All right. Smiles are good. Hallelujah. All right. So turn with me in the Bible to John 17, 3. John 17, 3. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. This, let's set up this scripture a little bit. So this scripture in John 17, 3 is when Jesus is praying. He's praying for the disciples himself for, and all future believers. And this is the last chapter in John. And then right after 17 is over, they go right into where they go in the Garden of Gethsemane and he starts that whole process of being betrayed and going to the cross. So this is a big deal. John 17, Jesus speaks. And just imagine someone giving their last words to you. And although Jesus is praying, he's praying out loud in front of his disciples. And so he knows they're all listening. So he's giving instruction while he's praying and asking God for stuff. And he, I mean, if you ever want to meditate on John 17, it is full of mysteries and deep secrets. Man, the more you're in there, the more I read it every time I'm seeing new stuff. But I'm going to focus on one thing, John 17, 3. It says this, this is eternal life, that they may know you, Jesus speaking, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. <laughs> now understand, church, what that says. <laughs> This is eternal life. I think we should pay attention to what's coming next, don't you? I mean, come on. I mean, this just isn't like, this is a huge, this should excite you. Like, wait, oh, this is eternal life? Oh my gosh, let me read it. You know what I mean? That's how we should be feeling in this part. Jesus, the Son of God, God manifest in a human body, Jesus Christ on the planet saying, this is eternal life. It's almost, it's almost like someone saying, this is the meaning of life, that ancient question, right? So he's answering it for us. And he says, that they may know you. That's capital U, God. And you think, that's all? I mean, yeah, I want to know God, and I, I know Brad. But do I know Brad? She's like, I know Brad. <laughs> you know, you do know Brad. We should talk after service. So God, Jesus says, this is eternal life. Grasp a hold of this. And it sa he says, the whole deal is all about knowing him. That's modern translation. This whole deal. Your existence. The reason you're here is to know him. So I got a little curious and I'm like, man, yeah, I want to know God. I always want to know God. And so I'm like looking in the Greek and I'm like, hey, what does know mean? Like, what is that really, you know, to know him? Like I can know someone, but then, you know, I know my wife pretty darn good. Right. I know Skip just met him last week. So I know you. So I looked at the word for the Greek and, and check this out. The word is Gnosko and it talks about coming to know someone, recognizing someone, understanding someone, and check this last one out, to understand completely. So take what Jesus said and put some of those subwords in there. This is eternal life, that they might completely understand God. What? 
Is that even possible? Wait a minute. That can't be the, the depth of the knowing. This is eternal life that they might recognize God. Think of that. You ever struggle trying to hear God's voice on an issue, trying to listen to the Lord? And he says, this is eternal life. So Jesus is saying, the reason I came to earth, left all my glory, all the good stuff in heaven, and moved to the west side, you know, came down and lived on earth and became a man with all the same weaknesses we did and then got my butt kicked on the cross. All I did all that just so that you could know him. That's a big deal. You could recognize him. God wants you to recognize his voice. And not just once in a blue moon, every day. God wants you waking up in the morning and hearing his voice from the moment you wake up. He wants to talk to you and meet with you and love you and get to know you. I believe, can't totally prove it yet, but I believe that God, because you think God already knows me, but I think God on purpose holds himself back from totally knowing everything about us because he loves the adventure of getting to know us. That's why he, Adam, let's walk in the cool of the garden. What's, what are you going to name that animal? And I think God in his awesome greatness still wants to discover things about you. I know that's a hard concept, but I think God does that because he is in love with us so much. He wants to know all the intricacies. And out of his wisdom and power and omniscience and every, everything he is, he's like, yeah, I'm going to on purpose not know everything about this guy so that I can get to know him. I don't know. That's, you know, I could be borderline getting a little weird there, but that's what I think. God, but what is true, we get to know him. And that's the good part. The good part is that we get to know him. Now, check this out. This is going to take it a little deeper. So the word gnosko is also used, and write the scripture down, Matthew 124. <laughs> you don't have to go there, but write it down in your notes, 124. The same exact Greek word is used here. So let's read the context of this word used in this verse, okay? Matthew 124. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him and took to him his wife. You know, Joseph and Mary. Okay, just make sure. And did not know her till she had brought forth her firstborn son. So Joseph didn't know who Mary was? Ooh. Can we talk about that here? Whoa. So the word was used about intimately knowing his wife in the same sense and Jesus said this is eternal life that you will know him doesn't that take it to a whole different level that takes it to a deeper level that God wants us not just to know about him not to learn information about him which we will but that's not the purpose the point is that we would intimately intimately no barriers, nothing in between, no shame, no barrier. I know this is getting kind of intense. Completely exposed. Wow. I mean, you don't get in marriage, you, you, you get all nothing's there between you. You're in your birthday suit, right? I mean, there's nothing there. It's complete openness. The closest you can get to someone. No secrets. Revealing all. <laughs> that should excite you. That should excite you that you have a God who wants to be known. That wants you to know him that close and that intimate. You know, we see this as a type with the with Christ in the church, you know that we are the bride, right? And I know you guys know this, but as the church in Christ, we're the bride, he's the groomsman, and Ephesians tells us this. 
It says, for this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. In the same way, God intended marriage to be union, to, to come in together and two becoming one is the same concept, which is the mystery of how God wants you and him to become one. So there's no, there's no telling the two apart. God wants you to get so connected to him that when people look at you, they can't tell God and you apart. What? That's good stuff right there, church. I'm telling you, you grasp that and get a hold of that in your life, it'll change forever. It confirms it in 1 Corinthians 6. It says, and he's talking about sexual immorality And he says, or do you not know that he who is joined to a harlot is one body with her? For the two, he says, shall become one flesh. Same concept. Listen to verse 17, though. But he who is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. Guys, this is eternal life. That we might be joined to the Lord and become one. Wow. Why is that our vision, guys? Because we are to know him and to make him known. That's what God wants us to do. And guys, we can't make him known until we know him. We're going to be no good to the world if we don't truly know him. And the more we get intimate with God and know him and he teaches us and reveals things about us that we can't see and he transforms us and changes us, we become more and more in his image and likeness and we, be, we get to know him even closer and closer, then we become more like him and the people can't even see, oh, what's your name? Josh or God? I can't, I don't know. His wife's like, don't call, don't even start there, guy. Yeah. He already makes me call him Lord. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Oh, man. But guys, the, the, the power of this concept is huge. And, and I definitely want you guys to meditate this through the week, please. And actually the next couple weeks, because, excuse me, starting in October and November, we're going to be diving deep into this vision. And what does it mean to know God? How do you get to know God in different ways? And we'll start diving into the Bible and so that you can feel strong. How many would like to know better how to hear God's voice? And just be confident in that, where you're not like, was that you, God? Who are you? Know, was that you, me, pizza? What was it, God? You know, we're going to get into that stuff. And the Bible has great stuff teaching on that. The Holy Spirit will show us awesome things so that you can be confident when, you, when, the, when the Lord speaks to you to go do it and not be afraid. <laughs> and who cares if you mess up? Okay, yeah. Holy Spirit says he wants this church to be a place where we create a culture where it's okay to mess up. All right, God. So we're going we're gonna to learn and grow, and hey, we're going to mess up, but we'll just correct it, get the word. All right, God, where's, oh, yeah, you're right, God, your word. I better get in the line with the word because I got a little off. Amen? I'd rather mess up a little bit than just stand around and not do nothing. I want to take risk. I want to be, I want to go out there and make a difference in this city, in this community. I want to minister to people. I want hearts to open up to Jesus because he's real and powerful. Right, Brad? Don't you want that? I know you do. She told me. Yeah. <laughs> so the concept here is that <clears throat> this could be kind of scary, you know, when you go, wait, God wants to know me this close, right? This could be, oh my goodness, wow. But this is what he wanted from the beginning. Remember I talked in the beginning about the garden, and I'm not, I'm not going to get into that, but the, the work of Christ that he did on the cross allows us to go back into in a fuller expression of the relationship that he had with Adam and Eve before sin. So it's not just as good, it's actually better. So we got to get that in our heads and start believing that, that God want, has God's work on the cross through his son Jesus was good enough and efficient enough to get you back into right relationship with God to its fullest extent. Let that sink in. That's a good, that's a good news story right there. Remember Moses when he was giving the law? Remember when he was out in the, up the mountain getting the Ten Commandments? And uh, God said, God actually wanted them all to come. Did you know that? And they got scared. And Moses said, don't, 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 don't get scared, guys. He's just testing you. 
the heartbeat of God was like, I wanted them all. But they said, no, 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 Moses, you go up there to the scary dark place with clouds and lightning and all that stuff. You get the instructions. We'll wait here in camp and then end up screwing around while you go up there and get with God and tell us what to do. That, that created a whole structure that God didn't really want in the first place. He wants to be your God. He's living in you. You are the temple. He's your Lord. He wants to meet with you every morning, noontime and night, every anytime you want. He's ready. God's just not going to speak to you every two blue moons. He wants to speak to you every day. His frequency is going to your spirit, man. He is speaking life to you every day, and it's up to you and me to open up and tap in and tune the radio and receive him. He's calling the Rivers Church and everyone visiting to intimacy with him. Now listen to this, because we're, we're, we're shifting a gear. Personally, and corporately. This is where it gets super fun and exciting because we can know God personally and have our own devotional life. We're at home. We're in our prayer closet. We're worshiping in the car. We're singing. We're crying because God's speaking to us. We're, we're diving into his word. We're growing. We're getting intimate with God. <laughs> but then God says the natural byproduct of you really knowing God, the next step is going to be that you're going to go, huh, I should find a place here in this body. Because that's, that's how God created you. God made you specifically on purpose to fit precisely into a local body and the larger body of Christ. So the more you get to know God, your hunger to be a part of a church should grow too. But it will not grow and you won't be connected to your church if you don't know him. And you're not in this secret place with him, then your church experience is going to be eh. Maybe I'll go Sunday. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll try somewhere else. Whatever. You know, you know what I mean? This secret place is going to help you jump into the body, knowing who you are, your purposes, your place in the body. Are you with me? Is anyone tired? Are you guys still, are you, is your heart still there? Okay. Because I'm pumped. If you couldn't tell. The byproduct of personal intimacy with God is finding out who you are and what God put in you and created you to be. Okay, so once you start walking in that relationship, the next step is to find your place in the church body. So we have that, our vision. Remember, to know him and to make him known. <laughs> the pastor in the room knows the vision. This is wonderful. I'm thank you. <laughs> to know him and to make him known. That's what we're, if we're, whatever we're doing in life, if it doesn't fit in one of those two buckets, don't do it. Start doing something that fits in the bucket. Simple, right? If you're involved in someone that isn't, is not helping you get to know God more or helping you to get to know him better and corporately or getting to the word out to the gospel, to, to preach the gospel, then quit doing that and do something that does. Is that simple enough? I like it simple. So then we move into this next phase. We, we know in 1 Corinthians, he talks about the body. The body being many members, right? First Corinthians 12 says, for as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that, uh, that one body being many are one body, so in Christ. So there's many members, many parts, but one body. And so when you spend time in the secret place, you start going, hey, where's my place in the body? What has God gifted me with? God's gifted all of you. Logan, right? God's gifting you. He's training you. You're playing guitar and leading worship. And how old are you? 18. Bam. I mean, that's awesome. And you're singing with a mini guitar. Love that thing. <laughs> These guys, so I know what, I don't know them good enough, but I know that there's a certain place of passion for knowing God, else they wouldn't be up here till three in the morning today trying to get this thing together. That's awesome. You're a picture of when you start knowing God more, your passion starts growing to be a part of the body. Does that make sense? So thank you, Logan. 18, dang. That's awesome. We'll become friends, me and you. So this is what a picture of that looks like. I love this glimpse. 
of, of Scripture in 1 Corinthians 12. You could just kind of meditate on that this week. It kind of talks about some of the gifts and the body working together. But I want to I want to kind of point out a few uh, nuggets for us just to kind of think about as we know God personally and as we're stepping into the corporate knowing together. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. <clears throat> but the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Check that out. I mean, so the Spirit is going to manifest in you the gifts that he's giving you and has given you. Some he will place on you just out of the blue. Some he's innately built in you since you were born. Do you understand that? Do you understand that God has already built in you specific things that he wants? They're, they're the likenesses of God that are already in you. When I had to go out of ministry um, a few years ago, I was, you know, oh, God, what's happening? You know, crying, whining to God. And when I came back in, the Holy Spirit told me in my journal once I was writing down, he started speaking to me. He said, he said, Doug, the calling that I put on your life is irrevocable. Like, and, it, and it's not about just being irrevocable. He said, it's more about, I built you that way. So you could do whatever you want. You're still going to have that built in you. It won't be, it'll be untapped and not used, but you still are going to have it. And I was like, wait, whoa, what? Yeah, yeah, that's how much I love you. So I was thinking, oh, God, I'm going to lose. Been, it's been so long. Can you? No, God said, no, that's built in you. And you know what? He has that built in each one of you. Everyone in this room has a built-in part of God in them to fit in the body and make it whole and make it work and not just be existing, but make it powerful, guys. <laughs> See those three doors, four or five doors? The hurting are going to walk through those doors. People that are broken, people that need mending, people that don't know Jesus, people that are on their way to hell, guys. And I'm saying, I don't care what the PC church is. There are people going to hell unless you and me step in front of them and stop it. We have got to make a difference, guys. Bill Hybels in his book, Courageous Leadership, says the church, the local church, is the hope of the world. We are the hope of the world in Yuba City. If we don't do what we're supposed to be doing, people are going to go to hell for eternity if we don't start doing what God's called us to do. And that starts where? In the secret place. He goes on and says, for to one is given a word of wisdom through the Spirit, another word of knowledge. Um, that may have what happened with you. That's what the Bible says. A word of wisdom. So God gave me something, and I just spoke that, and that was God speaking to you in, in a way that only you could receive. So that's, God must really like you. I'm just saying. To another faith by the same Spirit, other gifts of healing. I'm kind of just going through these. But at the end of this, <coughs> 11, it says, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Do you see the difference? So it's as the Holy Spirit wills. Now we're talking corporately. We're not talking in your secret place. Now you stepped into church in the body. You're finding yourself in the body because we are to know him and to make him known. And so as we are knowing God together, we're coming together as a body, the Holy Spirit will distribute as he wills some of those giftings that's in 1 Corinthians 12. And that, that may not be your built-in gift that he put in you since birth. That could just be, all right, I'm moving on her today, and she's, she's worshiping the Lord. She's ready. She's in, in the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit's going to speak to you, and, she, and he might say, hey, go over to that person and just tell them that, you know, God's proud of you. I don't know why he said that, but that's what it says. And then you don't know, but that person's dealing with rejection, shame, and she thinks that the last thing she thinks is God's proud of her. But you are going to be a voice piece for God, and you're going to say, God's proud of you. And she's going to go, what? How did you know? What? <laughs> And then she's going to be blessed. You see that? So that's what's going to happen as we get in the secret place, get intimate with God, totally take, get everything out of the way, all the barriers that we try and hide between God. That's what sin does, right? Adam and Eve, what happened? Fig leaves, hiding. God's like, where are you? 
It's pretty funny. God's wary. Oh, we're just, you know, hiding out here. It's kind of scary. <laughs> Get rid of the fig leaves. Jesus has cleansed you. You are the righteousness of God in Jesus Christ. When God looks at you, this is one of my favorite truths of all time. When God looks at you through Christ, he sees you as perfect and as holy as Jesus. God looks at it, isn't it? That all the junk we have to do, we do in life and all our mess ups, if we're in Christ, God looks at us, he sees Jesus. And so he can honestly and integrally look at you and go, you are as good and as righteous as Jesus. What? I mean, that should make your worship right there. Yeah. Ooh. Okay, moving right along. I was ready to cry because I cry. I, I don't want to. And then I get rebuked if I say anything about it. So just how God works. All right. God does funny stuff that just for fun to mess with you. And that's what God, and I've accepted it. I kind of like it now, but before, when I preached before and I, I get emotional, you probably remember this mom, Craig, uh, one of our uh, council members, <coughs> he rebuked me and because I, I was, the Lord was speaking through me and I started speaking and saying something and I was, oh, sorry, sorry, I'm crying. And he's like, don't ever do that again. You just let it cry. You know, it was funny. Sorry, I don't, that randomly came in my mind. Sorry. Yeah. Um, all right, where am I? All right, here we are. We will not be spirit-led as a body until we are spirit-led as individuals. Do you see the sequence? I hope this is building in us, right? Secret place, the Holy Spirit. You can't, ha you can't know intimacy with God until you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you, you can know God pretty good and get in his word and learn about him and grow, but until his spirit comes upon you, there's two things we'll talk about in the future, but the spirit within, new birth, the spirit upon, anointing, and power, okay? I, when, when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost at 16, and I knew God, I was in church my whole life, Bible, you know, kids' church, camps, everything. But when I got baptized in the Holy Ghost, my intimacy level shot through the roof. I was 16, playing basketball, getting up an hour before school so that I could get in my journal and read the word. That is not me. That's the Holy Ghost putting a fire in my heart to want to know him. And so I'm telling you, you need the spirit of God on you to grow in that intimacy. And when you do that, when you're spirit led as an individual, then when you come in the corporate body, you can be spirit led there. And what's cool about that is that you might get a word and you can say, okay, God, is that word for just me personally? Are you speaking to me or is this for the body? And they'll say, oh, that's just for you today. I want you to work on this. Okay. And then another day he might say, no, that's for the whole body. Go, go see one of the leaders and get up. Let's, let's get this word out there and prophesy over the church. You see what I'm saying? That's kind of the culture we want. So you got to uh, have be spirit led here to be spirit led in the body. Now, in, in the closing part here, <coughs> we know God personally and corporately, and then we start getting into the part of making him known. And so turn to John 17, same chapter, and it's kind of cool because it's right down at the, the bottom of that prayer, verse 20, that we see a little nuggets of what happens when you know him personally, and then you get to know him corporately. Then what's the result of this? Because there's a great result. Verse 20, John 17, <coughs> Jesus is still praying, and he's praying for all believers. He's actually praying for you and me. He says, my prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message, that all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that, key word, underline that in your Bibles, highlight it. You, if it says so that, that's a big deal because what's coming is important. So that, the world may believe that you have sent me. 